the following pendant for Hello everybody and welcome to the commentary for the Kingery episode 8x09 that's season 8 episode 9 uh, with me for this episode is our assistant director Bruce Busby Hello and the author the writer of this episode Cat Pride That's you Hello everybody Hello Yes and uh we are starting off in uh, shenanigans with space phones ringing off the space hooks. Not wrench hooks, space hooks. Yes. The space phones. This is a fun little episode. We'll see this, the, the, the mix here. Uh, we had some heavy stuff with socks lately, so it's kind of nice to just uh, have some fun with her a little. we got a very, very high-tech computery sounds going on. It's just, it was fun. I, had, I just had fun with this one. <laughs> And, and uh, Kat, you did too, judging by some of the uh, names we've, uh, rooms we've come up with. <laughs> yes, I got to come up with all sorts of fun, weird rooms this time around. I, there are several that never made the episode, but um, the 2 million BC one is probably one of my favorite rooms. I would totally pay to see a character in that room at one point. <laughs> Of course, that's uh, Edward Herman as Asa and Renee Christine Jones as Sox. That does sound like a nice, uh, nice little uh, getaway in a cave with a hollow fire and snuggles. It's warm. Warm. <laughs> also, I love that lo- line about the snuggles. Why does it sound like a <laughs> You're just a grocery aisle away. And we have to have our reflective moment here with socks. But uh, she's happy with what she's doing. I'm jealous. You seem to be having a good time right now. I'm busy, but Yeah, at the beginning there with with the phones, I was trying to decide do I go with futuristic phones and make it all sound all, all computery, but I was like, no, let's just get the point across with real phones. Maybe Debbie when she decorated the place was a sucker for for antiques, I don't know. <laughs> there is something else we can do to keep a smile on this. That's probably the Pac Bell room. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about more of these rooms you don't think you can cook. Let's see if we can sell them for the night. Get there you go. Tell me more. Oh, Very yes. trinkological. You don't want to fucking know. Uh, okay, okay. He's like, <laughs> crap out of her. Oh, socks. I love you. Never change. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here's a good one. How do I fucking sell? And I'm quoting I like this. The Anamada room. She uh, nailed this too. Like it was exactly how I had it in my head, and it's just so fucking funny. Yeah, and, and, and I, I love that little touch of the A blah 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 blah, and this then two blah 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 blah. One thousand auditory profiles to be loaded into the client's preference. <laughs> yes. It's such a cheap gag, but it's one of my favorite kinds of gags to use. Classic metal music to cover up your screams as shenanigans does what it does best. Classic metal. I like the sound of that. I do love how completely bored she sounds having to read this thing. Yeah. She's just completely bored off her ass. Maybe a spin it like it's some sort of... La, la, la. And I, I like this this little little beat we have coming up here, as one of the few times we ever sort of lean heavily on the fourth wall. I yeah, I did kind of brush it somewhat gracelessly. <laughs> 
It was not gracefully. <laughs> no, we, we leaned heavily on it, and oh, that's okay. I it was it was it was fun. It was a cute little moment. Yes. And um, we did as much as I'm, we could to actually have her turning to face the camera. Yeah, because I was saying, I'm pretty sure the actual stage direction is turns to oh. face the camera like she's on the office. Exactly. <laughs> You're not the one massaging me. And we head oh, over this the, scene. We head over to the sparkle pool now. Yeah, Brian Reed is Zeth. Melissa Bartel is Kenda. And introducing, I forgot the guy's name. <laughs> Good job. Oh my gosh. Well, my my credits list has Andrew Hackley is docking. Oh my god. There you go. My brain. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Andrew is taking over. Welcome the to Andrew. Docking this episode. Yes. Does a fabulous job. Welcome. Just jumps right in. Um, very comfortable with doing. Slightly risque material. Well, that's good because that's, that's, that's what, what an introduction. Do, I mean. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Starting off your, your first your first scene, you get massages and a hand. So. Yes. Go for it. <laughs> Have fun. Kids. Welcome to the kingery, kid. Welcome to the kingery, kid. <laughs> Listen to her. I haven't seen him here with a date in ages. I had a lot of fun writing this scene just because I, I, I've always liked Zeph ever since we brought mm-hmm. Zeph on. And uh, it was nice to kind of play with the fact that Zeph hasn't had a relationship. Zeph is like cool as a cucumber and he really digs this dude. Like, seriously yeah. digs him. <laughs> she makes me sound so desperate. Are you? <laughs> you don't come off. Uh, I love, I just, I love, I love Zeph. He's so much fun to write. Between being desperate and these two, and, and these two just play off each other very well. Yeah, absolutely. The last day was, it's better. I want to get to know you. Now I know that you like massages and Mohana Sunset. Mohana Sunsets. That's the name I settled on. Because I definitely wrote two different names when I was writing this. Yeah. Well, I think one of my notes from Jeffrey was like, "Um, you've named this drink three different things. Could you pick one, please? And I was like, oh, I should probably figure out what I'm naming these stupid things. That sounds spacey enough. Yeah. Yeah, Ethanol delivery system just doesn't sound very sexy. Yeah, it doesn't. You're right. Yeah. That might be something Hebe would order. Yes, actually, I think that's that's probably on the menu. And I like Zeph also enjoy good good symphonic metal, so uh, it works out well. Yeah, that was a shout out to to my wife because Chris loves loves good symphonic metal, and I was like, that would be good to listen to. Yes. Not exactly. And uh, we're on our third date, and so of course we get into religion. Um, yes. Because, yeah, that, that's what you do. <laughs> we don't do anything by half measures here. And, and we're about to cue the reach around, so. Yeah. Before stuff happens. I kind of shoot from the hip at times. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Just like a lot. That's fine, man. People flocked religion. And that's fine, you know, when, when you're beating the crap out of uh, some guy in a bar who's shooting the place up. But another when you're yes. flirty. Yeah. Smoke and mirrors. It's no better than being hooked on beyond. On on a serious note, though, it was interesting writing this script because I don't really share 
Zeph's opinion all that much. I mean, like, I do and I don't, because I'm, a, I'm mm. a fairly agnostic person. But it was kind of fun to write this character who's like, ah, it's all bullshit. It's bullshit, it's bullshit, it's bullshit. And his boyfriend's just like, seriously? Are you done? Really? Do you okay. need, like, a minute alone? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> like... And, he has and I had life. a lot of freedom with the scene, so a lot of this was, was yeah. a lot of fun. Sorry, I was to say, I had a lot of freedom with the scene, so, like, I think the, the script, the, the, the outline was basically just like, and then they talk about religion, and then they get into talking about Gorlockology, right. which, by the way, try talking about Gorlockology with a straight wow. face, guys, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> serious religion about Gorlock. Um, well, you know. It's very difficult to try and read that seriously. No weirder than any other ology religions that might be running around out there. Yes. Like, but uh, is totally unrelated yeah, was... to it all. <laughs> I like your bullshit detector. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I really liked writing this what scene, and I like I like that they had this discussion and this disagreement, and mm. they didn't like mature people. Yes. That's so nice because that doesn't always happen on the kingery. <laughs> and, and immature yet horny. Yeah. Well. Yes. I mean, here. one could argue that that was a motivating factor for being mature about it was the desire to get laid. <laughs> well, yeah, and for some people, serious philosophical discussions are foreplay. So, uh, maybe that's the case <laughs> it's here. true. There you go. And, um, yeah, we, um, his hand goes south and uh, things yes. happen. Yep. And um, I will admit that's a recycled sound effect from a couple of times, but that that's me with the finger in the cheek sort of thing. I, I don't want to know what cheek that was. All right. Face cheek. <laughs> Face cheek. <laughs> Got it. Not I don't think one. you're helping. You should just quit while you're behind. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Great. You broke cat. Are you happy, Bruce? <sighs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Go man from the side. I'm okay. I'm okay. Focus. <laughs> breathe. Breathe. Well, while Kat's breathing, we'll, you know, we will introduce You know, it just seems fair that the first here. time I wind up writing anything remotely sexy on Kingery, I break into hysterical laughter. <laughs> well, it's okay. You have to laugh because it sometimes can be very ridiculous. Oh, that was the tungsten, tungsten testicles line. <laughs> that was a, a wonderful term of art. Thank you. Yes. Very nice turn of <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. I can, I can, I can make up swears. That's a lot of fun. I quite enjoy doing that. And sometimes the made-up ones are more fun than the uh, real ones. So. You, can, you can hear "fuck" so many times, and it gets old. But tungsten testicles—that's new. You saying you were a party kind of guy? Well, I have been known to go to. Of course, is a fun scene between Tithia, played by Cat, and Hebe, played by Jason Wallace. Um, I, I kind of like this, yes. where, where he's kind of, it's very David Tennant-y as he's explaining some of this. Especially when he starts getting talking really fast in a bit. He guides along well, and, and for all the world, sounds kind of like Len Goodman out of uh, Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I, w I was really happy that I got to write this episode. Like, when we did the outline, this was, like, my top episode to request to write. And, like, like on a slightly selfish reason, it's because I play Tithia. But on a bigger reason, it's because I the idea of getting to confront the idea of artificial intelligence mm -hmm. in a 
sci-fi show where we've been very kind of irreverent and we don't we play very fast and loose with rules mm-hmm. i was really excited to be able to write this um and when i found out that's where we were going with the storyline i was like oh, yes please <laughs> i want this episode um and it came out even better than I thought it would on paper. Um, and a lot of that's just Jason's performance. Mm. He just does a great job of bringing Hebe to life and making him seem like, you know, a fully functional individual who, yeah, happens to be, um, math, you know, based out of algorithms and code as opposed to, uh, molecules and, uh, and, and, and blood cells and shit. But, uh, but he does a really awesome job. I was, I was so happy with this scene, and I was so happy with this character arc. When I was sending a, a commentary back to Dave when he had, we were sharing the, the episode portions we had done, I, I pointed out it sounded very much like a really good PBS episode of, of sort of life, the universe, and everything. It was just very, very well done. Such a silly concept, artificial and you can just like see him in a turtleneck walking in front of a. I feel uh, like this was my episode for mature conversations with mature people. <laughs> Mitochondrial chromosomes. <laughs> <laughs> and don't sell yourself yourself short on this. You did a great job with this too, Cat, uh, with uh, Tithy this part. So uh, yeah, kudos to you for y'all. Y'all play off each other very well too. I'm I'm so glad we brought Hebe back and put him back together mostly. I feel like I've offended you. Of course not. Yes. Mostly. Damn mag thrusters. Now he's quiet as a church mouse. Mm -hmm. Which is very hard to mix, I discovered, because I had had the background of computery noises, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh crap, I have to get a hovery noise that sounds different from the computery noises, and I have to make them sound different, and ah, brain exploded. Yes. But you pulled it off very well. Good job. Little involuntary squeaky kind of noise. <laughs> the application of reticulum butter here. Truth be told, I haven't even been to a place since I was a kid. I don't even know if I'd like it. Then how about we experience it together? And I remember when I was mixing this episode, I emailed Kex. I was like, okay, is this going where I think it's going, or am I just reading way too much into it? And it's more of a, a data. Just oh, yeah, that's right. Sort of you did email around. me that. Nah, yeah, you're, you're headed for a digital hot tub here. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Oil bath. <laughs> it's happening. We're going there because this is the kingery, and we don't play by the rules. <laughs> we play by our own rules. I prefer to see how other organics react to those things. Yes. Especially you. What, you mean? Also, I gotta say, Jason picked up on something that I, like, didn't explicitly state in the script, and I'm really happy he did, because the whole freaking episode, like, Hebe knows what's up. He was planning on asking her out mm-hmm. the whole freaking time. And she's just like, do, 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 do. I'm wandering off my own world just thinking about stuff, science yes. stuff, of a stuff like nature. And uh, Jason did a great job of totally knowing where this was going the whole time. Until he finally has to hit Tithia over the head with it. All right, newbies, <laughs> listen up. Don't everyone and that yes. wraps up my, my And in my of- head, uh, I feel like Voracious Opera needs to be like Klingon Opera. 
you have the shit on the You even more guttural, if that's possible. Is there just to keep the lines in check. Yes, okay. exactly. Jordan, and lots of throwing things yes. as a statement of love and yes. affection. <laughs> and from here on out, we're in the, the scenes that Bruce mixed for the episode here as we uh, go to the pre- uh, precinct with uh, Maddie, awesome. played by Alicia Lane Pickens, and Cal, played by Christopher Gilstrap. You're good with paperwork, so check out this company skirting permits. And of course, Ashford, played by a random individual. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny the things you, you find when you're looking for sound effects. You can find that one line word. Or one word, line, depending. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, whatever. <laughs> I, 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 words are hard. Cal, I want you to work on this with Barrett. And, and she, she does a really good <laughs> job of the, the subtle voice. Oh, dear Lord, I know what this is about. Uh-huh. Are you sure? It's a long I mean, list of stuff, and she does it about the case to be perfectly. No, I know enough about as, as we once again slowly bring in that asteroid and mining and thing that we've touched on every now and then through the season. Good. Get so it sounds like yes. that may actually start to become important very soon. Mayhaps. You'll have to continue to tune in to find out, listeners. I guess you will, yeah. <laughs> also, I realized in listening to this that this episode was very much informed by my sci-fi nerddom because there's definitely references to lots of stuff in this episode. <laughs> like, the name of the asteroid company might be related to a particular video game franchise that I really like. And there might be a line that Pete's about to have as Tommy that is <laughs> I from a that movie one. that we may all remember having I, come out this year. Yeah, I caught that one right away. Very amused by it. That was definitely on purpose, though. I just thought it would be so fun to, to right. throw that in there. And, and it works. It was a nice callback to my favorite character of that, one of my favorite characters of the movie. Yes. And his boyfriend. This is a... This is a really stunningly good scene between these two actors without ever having, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to hear each other do this, and it plays really well. Yeah, they, both of them just knocked it out of the park. Which, by the way, it's really funny because Chris was sitting next to me recording these, and she would keep leaning over and go, is that good enough? Did I sound, like, sane enough, but a little crazy? And I was like... Just shut up and read the lines, woman. <laughs> shut up and read the lines. You sound wonderful. You're fine. Yeah, I was like, you sound wonderful. You're what I wanted, but just read the lines. <laughs> this monologue was just stellar. Yeah. Pete gets a good one or two of these a season and kills them every time. I love, I love Tommy monologues because... He will just yes. chew the crap out of that thing. <laughs> well, and the fun thing was, is when I wrote it, I think I expected the pacing to be faster. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that, you know, Pete does what Pete does best. He slowed that down. He took his time and he enjoyed it. Oh, oh there were multiple and flavors. This, just... was, this was the slow one. It was the right one. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, it, this, it's fantastic. And Chris is doing a great job here of, of walking that fine line where you really don't know, is she on her own side or has she gone over to Gorlockology? She did a fabulous job yeah. right in that line. It's beautiful. She really did. Now you're going to fucking cry about it? Like that's going to work? 
Oh my God! Now it speeds up because that's the appropriate response. Yes. You're gonna get pity out of me. That's not what this is about. You don't understand. She gets never rely on the kindness of strangers. I have done terrible things, and I did. It freaks me out because uh, I keep you know. In fact, I was just I was listening to Avalon earlier today and was listening to an episode with uh. Layla in it, uh, who Chris also mm. plays, and uh, she was like, "Oh my God!" Now she sounds like Cassandra. Now it's stuck in my head. Oh God! And I was suddenly, I suddenly saw life of people who didn't have this weight. Man, she just oh, she knocked this out of the park. Oh yeah. Just well, I was just like, "Don't ask me my opinion. Just read the lines. You're doing wonderful. Just do. You're fine." Yeah, just you do you, and I'm gonna be over here. You two are acting the hell Silently out of this scene. Silently fangirling. I, I, know I, that I don't know what to say. Well, because it, it, at the end, it's still his sister, and he wants to believe that you know maybe this is actually changing her, even though he knows in the yeah. back she probably has it, but he wants to so bad. It's, it's a tickling thing at the back of the throat. It just tells you something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. With this opportunity to show people that they can still be more. And the worst part about this is, like, you can tell he gets to the point where he's like, "All right, okay, maybe that is what has happened. Maybe this is working." And then, yeah. And then Damon walks in, and he just is like, "You, oh my god, you got to be kidding me." <laughs> he drops the pee bomb. <laughs> yes. The old cast, she's gone. Yeah. She's gone. I hear what you're saying. I'm just not sure I believe it. Excuse me. <laughs> I love that line. I hear it. You just might also be full of shit. I'm not sure. I don't know why. I have a picture. This mental picture of of Damon is wearing the same type of robes as Cass, but looking a lot less happy about it. <laughs> yes, in my head, that's exactly what's happening. Because yeah, he's that, still that, dealing that, with the idiots. That, that, that flat delivery really kind of actually helps sell this because it's yeah. like, and the signs are shown. Okay. Oh, and Betty loves this part. She loved this. She just laughed and laughed and laughed. Star stuff. Yes. Oh, tell me what. And here's her favorite line about to pop up. The music grows and a bright light glows behind Cass. <laughs> she loved it. It's not glory. They use the word glow. And for some reason, it just sounded like the, like, I don't know, an infomercial for a, a face product. <laughs> Oh. I apologize to any Pastafarians who may have been offended <laughs> during that sequence. No, <laughs> it, it's the Kingery. Sooner or later, we offend everybody. Yeah, as An as I feel like offender. I feel like Cass could have e- easily been like and outstretched his noodly appendage. <laughs> Ramen and blessed you all. <laughs> uh, visions of flying spaghetti monsters flying through your heads. And exactly. Bruce and Brian Reed saying the credits behind us. We've reached the end of yet another episode. 
Um, I know, it's sad. And this is Kat's last one for the season. It's my last one of the season, you guys. I'm glad. I hope you all enjoy it. We did. We had a fabulous time. I hope you all enjoyed it. I shipped hardcore, and it it paid off. The the shipping (laughs) is is coming hard and fast this season, and I couldn't be happy. Yes. Same here. So uh, we'll be back next month with uh, episode 10. Uh, Perry will be joining us. Um, Yay, Perry! Yay, Perry! Everything's better with Perry. (laughs) And um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with us at PendantWeb, PendantAudio.com. We're on Facebook. We're on everything. We're on Tumblr. Um, all of the social medias. All the social medias. All the things. We are there. <laughs> and the stuff. And if you, if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, tell your frenemies, tell your enemies. We're not picky. Leave us a review on iTunes because we love those. That makes us feel all warm and squishy and K-locky inside. And um, so, yeah. Hope we'll see you back here next month. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I gotta have a bio break. <laughs>